listening to the Clear Creek Resources Podcast from Clear Creek Community Church, located in the Bay Area of Houston. Well, welcome everyone to the Clear Creek Resources Podcast. I'm your host, John Coffey. Thanks for joining us today. Welcome to, I guess this is the third episode of our Summer at the Movies podcast series we're doing. And we've already heard some awesome discussions about Harry Potter, uh, the movie Soul, which Disney released earlier this year, the Avengers, and even a couple more. And if you haven't given those a listen yet, I would strongly encourage you to. They're, they're really fun and a lot of good discussion. Uh, but before we get into today's movie in this episode, I just want to, again, um, let you know that the heart behind this series is that we're talking about movies from a Christian worldview. And it's really how we can enjoy and engage them with wisdom and discernment and in a way that honors God. So we're not here to tell you what you should or shouldn't like or what you should or shouldn't watch, but simply to appreciate movies for what they are, to affirm the truths that we see in them, and hopefully have some fun along the way. So I'm thrilled to be joined today by Tiffany Havaducci, who attends our East 96 campus and is legitimately a black belt, a fifth degree black belt, um, and a Taekwondo champion. And we also have Vijay Rajaji, who is not either one of those things, but he is a campus elder at East 96 and he's an 80s movies buff. So welcome in guys. Howdy. Hello. Thanks for being here. Thanks for having us. Yes. Thanks for having us. I'm excited. Yeah, I am too. Um, this is going to be a fun episode. It's, it's, uh, it's a movie that I love and I don't, I think there's a, a good following for it, but, um, it's just, it's one that people don't talk about when they do stuff like this. You get the Harry Potters and the Avengers and all that, but today we are talking about Karate Kid. So Cobra Kai uh, came out in 2018 and reignited the hype around Karate Kid. So the original movie debuted in 1984 and it follows the story. If you don't know, it follows the story of protagonist Daniel LaRusso, a teenager taught karate by Mr. Miyagi to help defend and uh, defend himself and compete in a tournament against the Cobra Kai Dojo. And one of its members specifically, Johnny Lawrence, the ex-boyfriend of his love interest, Allie Mills. A lot going on there in that description. Boy, you guys ready to jump into this? I am ready. I can't wait. <laughs> I, yeah, this is my childhood. I'm so ready. Yeah. All right, cool. Let's do it. So um, to start off with, I just want to know what's your history with Karate Kid and how did you get into it? So I'll start as the probably the only one on this uh, podcast who was alive when it came out. Um, I was uh, nine years old. It came out in 1994 or 1984. Sorry. And it was, I mean, Daniel is like 14. He's like, well, I guess he's 16. He gets his license in the movie. And so he's like this big hero. I mean, he's, I'm nine, he's 16. He can drive man. And then all this other stuff. And I went to a public school. I know what it was like. Not that public school is the only place, but there's bullying everywhere. And I was never really bullied like him, but I remember what it was like. And so it was like the thing. I remember going to the movie theater to watch it. It was like awesome. And it was just unique because, you know, we were, you had mentioned Star Wars. There was a lot of space stuff and E.T. and all of that. Right, stuff. Right. So in the yeah. midst of all of that, you just have this normal 16 year old kid who gets beat up a lot uh, learning how to fight. And I was like, dude, that's awesome. 
I don't know how many of my friends went and started uh, doing karate right away, but many of them did because everyone was <laughs> awesome. Like, everyone's got a Johnny Lawrence in their life and everyone's like, I'm going to not beat them up because that's what Miyagi says. You don't beat them up, but you right. end against it. It was awesome. I was all into it because and I, because I was nine years old, the culture was just all about that. So yeah. for me, it was easy to get sucked into it. Yeah, for sure. For sure. Tiffany, what about you? Um, I probably saw it for the first time when I was eight or nine. Um, but it was not when it originally came out. <laughs> you were right. <laughs> and then I was not born. Uh, right, right. But I was kind of born into martial arts. So my whole family does martial arts. My, both of my parents, both of my sisters, my brother-in-law, my husband, his sister, and my brother-in-law on that side. So I literally was born into a family of martial artists. And so... Wow. I don't really remember, but like the first time I saw it, I assume my parents let me watch it when I was eight or nine, but it was just like the movie on repeat, you know, there's so mm-hmm. many sports movies and this one was about my sport. So, and it was like a, a blockbuster. Yeah. Everybody knew. Yeah. It. That's cool. Yeah. All my friends had seen it. So it was, it's a staple. So just to be clear, you were into karate before karate kid, before you saw karate kid. Yes. I started. Wow, okay martial arts when I was four years old. Wow. Yes. That's impressive. I don't really remember starting. <laughs> <laughs> That's cool. Cause pretty much all, all the kids I knew who were doing karate were like, Hey, I just watched this movie. Nobody knows about it. It's called karate kid. And I started doing, and I'm like, yeah, everybody knows about karate kid, but it, <laughs> all my friends were doing it for that reason. So, um, yeah. And, and I, so I, go, go ahead. ahead. I was just going to say for me, when I was, when I was that way, it wasn't at all like what you guys are talking about. Um, did people know what karate is? Sure. But it was still like, um, and I, as I watched the movie, I recognized so many stereotypical things about what every American thought every Japanese person was about <laughs> in that yeah. movie. And so karate was not new, but it was still um, exotic. It's not okay. like it is today where you can go, you know, our kids learn karate at a young age. And even if it's just an activity that they do and not something they follow along with for the rest of their life, everybody, every kid knows what karate is. When I was a kid, that was not the case. And so it really, and I'd be curious, I didn't do the research, but I'll just say it did. I would imagine it started a boom of kids who love karate because it was the first time a lot of people had ever seen it. Yeah. Yeah. I think especially in the eighties, it seems like a lot of those movies that were about really specific things like that, um, did create quite a, quite a ripple effect. I know I've heard a story about Top Gun, um, where when that movie came out, they had recruiters in like the movie theater lobbies, recruiting people to come be pilots and like that kind of stuff. And so, um, I would not be surprised if VJ, if that's, if that's exactly right, that a bunch of people got an, into karate because of this movie. That so. is actually totally right. <laughs> my Yeah, my parents owned a martial arts school. And before they did, uh, my grandparents had it. So it's been in our family as well. And yeah, there is a big boom from Karate Kid and also uh, Ninja Turtles. Wow. Okay, Ninja both Turtles. Those are yeah. big reasons why people come. <laughs> yeah. Well, both of those were huge parts of my childhood because like you, Tiffany, I, I, prob- I was not in karate, but I probably watched the movie... Um, probably when I was like eight, somewhere around there. Again, I was born in 1990. So well after it had come out, but it was still 
something that people enjoyed watching. And I remember watching it for the first time with my best friend. We were at his parents' house and we thought it was the greatest thing ever. So, um, Did you do crane kicks off the furniture after that? Oh, I'm sure. Yeah. I, I don't have a specific memory, maybe because of the crane kicks, but... Um, <laughs> But I'm sure it happened. So my brother definitely has no memory of the crane kick, but that's because he's five years younger, and <laughs> right, right. he definitely got crane kicked. Yeah. Oh, I'm sure. Yeah, I'm sure. Every every little brother did. Yes. Um. <laughs> so that leads into another question that I think is just fun to talk about with this movie, and that is, um, what is your favorite scene, and why is that one your favorite? Because like you think back through it or you watch it, and it's like there's just so many great scenes in this. Like the original Karate Kid, we're talking about. There's there's so many great scenes. So if you had to narrow it down to one, what would you say is your favorite? Oh, if I had to choose absolutely one, which is very hard, I would say it's the scene where all of the um, like disguised repetition that he had been doing, you know, the wax on, wax off. He finally understands and, and Mr. Miyagi like goes to strike him and he starts blocking and he understands, Oh, all of this had a purpose. This was like training this whole time. I love that scene. Yes. So good. That is also one of my favorites. VJ, what about you? It's a good thing. Um, for full transparency, you will know that we didn't prep because my favorite scene is exactly the same scene. <laughs> oh, yes. And I think it's so cool because he's so angry. And how often have we, as students of something, had a teacher teach us something and you're like, this is garbage. I don't need this. And yep. it, it, in this movie, they elevated the insanity of it by making it about painting or whatever. Right, right. But when you're in school, you learn stuff and you're like, I don't get why we're learning this stupid thing. I'm an engineer and I can't tell you how many times I would learn stuff. And I'm like, I'm never going to need this. And then two years later, all of a sudden it's like, oh, hey, look, maybe that teacher knew what he was doing or she was doing. And that's what was so cool. That scene where he gets so fed up. He's like, I'm just your, your you know, the guy who does stuff around the house for you. And then it all clicks. It's awesome. To me, that's like the the pinnacle. After that, yes. I don't almost care what happens because I knew he was, I mean, it's a Hollywood movie, especially made in 1984. We all know how it's going to end. Yes. In the 2000s, yes. they will have bad endings or the bad guy could win movies. That didn't yeah. happen in 1984. And so yeah. you knew he was going to win, but it was so cool. Mm-hmm. Yeah, definitely. Definitely. That's, yeah, that's all really good. I, I love that scene too. Um, just to be different and say something different. I'll say, I love the Holly, um, the Halloween party sequence. Mm-hmm. I think that is one of my favorites, just like him, not really sure if he even wants to go or he kind of wants to go. And then he has to get his costume and like all that stuff. And, um, one of the things I really love about that is, that you see all the makings of his shower costume on the wall in Miyagi's workshop before, like when they're talking about it or whatever. Mm-hmm. And then he goes and it's like, like, you know, just the little stuff like that that you pick up on and uh, the bad guys in the skeleton costumes. And it's just like, it's all of it's so good. Like I, I love all of that stuff. So I will say as a kid who enjoyed a prank or two when I was younger, that was epic. I mean, when Daniel puts, gets the water pose and oh, I'm <laughs> yes. all in on that. And the, the great thing that caps that scene off or that I should say sequence, cause it's several scenes, but um, that sequence is, it ends with Daniel's trying to run back to his, uh, um, his mom's apartment or whatever. And uh, 
and gets cornered and he can't get through the gates and all that. And then he gets, it's like, okay, he's, it's happening. He's got to face these guys. And then he just gets absolutely destroyed in the fight. But we get to see Miyagi in action for the first time. And it's like, oh my gosh, this guy's for real. Like he is who he says he is. And I like, those are some of my favorite scenes in any story, just because I love the big reveal of, wow, it's, it's legit. Like he's, he's actually who he says he was the whole time. And so that's, that was really cool. I thought. I love that scene because it's, it's just cool to see, you see karate framed as this young kid sport. And then you see an older man in his fifties, maybe sixties, just come in and tear it up. Yeah. It was awesome. Yes. So good. So, um, I think, Anytime you're talking about scenes in Karate Kid, you have to talk about the last scene, the tournament scene, because it's the most famous one. That's we were talking about crane kicking each other, you know, like that's the scene that people remember from that movie the most, probably maybe next to wax on wax off. So with that scene and it's, it's great. We all know it's great, but we have a black belt with us, somebody who's been through this stuff. And I just got to know, is the crane kick even legit? Like, can you even, is that a move you can actually do in a tournament? Uh, yes. I mean, it's okay. So there's a little bit of preface here. The, the way that he does it is not really like necessary, but he has to do it that way because he's injured. Right. <laughs> oh, right, right. Okay. To, like jump, kick and land on the same leg. So if you yes. have two working legs, then that's just not <laughs> necessary. <laughs> not the most efficient way to do it. Yeah, not the most efficient way. However, I know that there's this big like controversy, this fan yeah. theory that the last kick was illegal. And it's totally yeah. not. It was totally legal. Okay. I will, All right. There. I will take this. I will I will head on. Someone <laughs> disagree with me. Uh, no, I think There you have it. That's yep. that's all we need. I mean, we can just end the show right now. That's yeah. fine. He, kicks to the head are totally legal. You can do it. Oh man, that's, that's so great. All this time when I started hearing the theories that it might not be real, I'm like, man, that really, that really ruins that last scene. You know, (laughs) if it's illegal, it's like, okay, but yeah, that's great. I'm pretty sure in the tournament too, that Johnny, uh, had won some of his previous matches with kicks to the head. So yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. You have cinematic evidence that it was legal. You're right. Awesome. One of the things I was going to ask you is that whole fights, all of the stuff on the actual mat. How realistic it, is during that? during the tournament you're talking during about. the tournament? Yeah, yeah. Like how realistic is that in terms of what a real tournament feels like? Um, I know Hollywood always does Hollywood stuff, but I'm curious. Yeah, yeah. please enlighten us on that. Okay, so uh, it is. I mean, well, first of all, things have changed a lot since the '80s, right? So now there's a lot more gear involved. <laughs> There's a lot more protections in place. Uh, but the, the big tournaments like um, national championships and world championships, they have that same kind of feel where um, so there's different divisions happening at the same time. So different rings are going on at the same time. But there is definitely like a lot of uh, support and there's a crowd cheering on like two people yeah. in one ring fighting like that. That part is legit. Uh However, the like the bracket that they have that everybody's following, oh man, that doesn't happen, right? Because each <laughs> each ring has its own its own bracket, so nobody really gets okay. to follow along like that. Um, unless you know that would be cool, though. It would be, that would be super cool. Yeah, 
Yeah. Now a new thing that they, we have at least in our organization is team sparring. So yeah, that's something that is like, it's probably didn't exist at that point, but yeah, there's a team of five people and then each one uh, fights an opponent and then like the accumulation of points wins. So in that way, there's kind of a bracket that you can follow, but Okay, that makes more sense. When you first started saying that, I was imagining like everybody fighting at the same time. And <laughs> I was like, I was there's no way. Yeah, there's no, no way. Or I should have clarified that. Yeah, I know it's yeah. one match at a time, but accumulation. Of okay, cool. cool <laughs> and it's cool. going. I wanted, I wanted to watch a five on five match. I really, oh, yeah. like, I want, I was <laughs> going to pull up YouTube and start watching it. Yeah. yeah, I would, I would definitely want to watch that too, but it, I'm a little relieved to find out that that's not how it works. Yeah. Um, so one of the other things I think that's interesting and you touched on it a little bit, VJ is just, um, it's this whole like big game model of movies that was really popular. I, I, like it's still around for sure. Um, cause they keep remaking all these movies now, mm-hmm. but, uh, but like Rocky kind of is that formula and karate kid. And I mean, there's so many remember the Titans kind of follows it. Like there's so many that follow this big game, uh, movie formula. And it's, it's basically like the whole thing is, you know, this, this team or this guy or this lady that you don't know if is going to make it, they train, they get better. And then it comes down to the big game and they play it. I mean, sometimes I guess Rocky shows us that they don't always win, um, but it kind of comes down to this big game thing. And so what do you guys think about that as a, as a model for movies? Is that good? Is that bad? Does it set us up to, you know, think about life in the right ways, that sort of thing? I definitely think, uh, from an entertainment standpoint, especially if you want it all captured in a small period of time, I think it's great. Um, in our new kind of model that we live in in kind of the Netflix slash Hulu model where everything is done episodically, I don't like that at all. I don't think it makes sense because you know there are more episodes coming. Right. And so right. it doesn't make a lot of sense to have this big game buildup because there's another season or there's another episode. But in that time, I think it makes a lot of sense because it kind of gives you closure around – some of the characters. Um, I also grew up in the eighties in a time when leaving something hanging was only done. If you already knew there was another one coming, right? Like, Ah, you know, you guys had uh, talked about star Wars, the empire strikes back ending only makes sense because I already knew return of the Jedi was coming or some movie was coming in two to three years. Yeah. Um, So I don't remember a lot of other movies in the eighties where they leave you hanging like that without you kind of knowing. And so in this model like this, I thought it makes sense. I don't know that it's the best way to help you to think through life because our life isn't an episode where we have a big game and a big moment and then it's over. Our life Mm -hmm. is constantly moving and changing. And a lot of times it creates this delusion of grandeur. I have never played in a big game like that. I mean, I've had moments in my life, but like, I don't know that any of them would be these big moments of that would be the end of a movie, you know? And so I think yeah. from a life standpoint, I don't, I'm not sure it's the best model, but it is, I mean, for a movie entertainment thing to capture in two hours, I personally don't mind it. Even if you kind of know how it's going to rise and end. Yeah. Yeah. I, yeah. That's, that's such good stuff. Cause I, I think that's kind of what I, yeah, what I was kind of hoping you would say is um, just, I think as, as kids, especially being impressionable and you start to think about life in this way of like, man, if I can just make it to the championship in whatever, you know, little league, the spelling bee, I don't know, whatever you're into. It's like, if I can just make it to that, then 
maybe I'll be somebody or maybe I'll be worth something, you know, like that sort of a thing. And so I, I think that's, um, I think I remember having a realization about that at some point as a teenager that just like, man, life goes on after the big game, you know, if whether you win or you lose. Um, so Tiffany, as somebody who has uh, competed in very similar things to what we see in Karate Kid um, and has won, uh, what do you what's your perspective on that? Yeah, I I would echo what you guys have said. I think uh, like the genre of film, right? Like, like sports films, I think it makes sense, right? We need a story arc. We, we, we have to feel some kind of like satisfaction that these characters that we followed and that we have connected with, like they succeed and their hard work paid off. So in that way, like VJ was saying, it gives us closure and I like it. I'm for it. But mm -hmm. I also agree with what both of you are saying that um, I, I don't think it's a very accurate depiction of life. I think um, it's a really good point you made about being young and impressionable. And like, you know, there's always that performance that I have to, to mm -hmm. do and then I'm going to win the approval or, or the applause of whatever, whoever it is that I'm seeking that from. Um, but in reality, like there's always another game. <laughs> you know what I mean, yeah, there's yeah. always another, even if it's not like, sports really there's always something else that you you're another goal you're trying to get another you know battle you're trying to to win inside yourself so i think um in that way it's not very realistic and so i don't therefore it's not very helpful but i do remember i mean so uh one of my big goals when i was younger was to become a world champion and um because my mom had been one and so i wanted to like yeah. follow in her footsteps right so I trained and trained and trained and competed and lost and it was awful. And then I trained and trained, trained, competed again and won. And I remember feeling like, okay, as soon as I got that title, then I was, you know, going to have the credentials or the respect or whatever. And I left the same person that I walked in the, the ring. You know what I mean? So nothing changed for me. Nothing. There wasn't like this satisfaction that I had, I don't know earned something. I mean, I was proud of myself that my hard work paid off. Right. And it was a good yeah. accomplishment, but it didn't fulfill me like I thought it would. And so in that way, I think, you know, living that way is, is it's not accurate and it's not really helpful if, if yeah. you're going for. Yeah, for sure. And I think you see that in this movie even. Um, so Daniel does the crane kick. He wins. They raise him up. Everyone's lifting him up because his leg is all messed up. Yeah. And I always remember Johnny Lawrence grabs the trophy and hands it to him and says, you're all right, Daniel. That's mm -hmm. not how life works. He won this championship, and now his bullies are all gone. He has the girl. His mom is thrilled with him. He has a father figure. Everything all comes down to one crane kick. And once it's done, all our problems are solved. And yeah. so it sounds like Tiffany, that did not happen for you when you became world champion, <laughs> all of your problems did not go away. Right. And it was, it was really interesting that then, you know, you, you go and you win the title and then Monday, like you start over. <laughs> you know what I mean, yeah. like you're training again and you're like, wait a second. I thought yeah. I, I did it. You know, I thought I was done. Yeah. yeah. You just, you keep going. So. Yeah. Well, uh, two things on that, what you said, VJ. One is what a great line to write that Johnny 
the only thing he's willing to concede to Daniel is you're all right. (laughs) (laughs) Not even like I was wrong about you. Yeah. You're just all right, I guess. Okay. Whatever. Bye. Um, but so the, so the second one, you mentioned he's got the girl. And I think that's another one. That's another one of those. If I can just date this person, a lot of, you know, a lot of teenagers fall into that. And so, um, I think that's, you know, it's another one to throw into that same category. Sometimes it's not about dating that person, you know, life still goes on. You're still you, all that stuff. But aside from all that, I'm just curious to know, what do you think on a scale from one to 10, what do you think about the love story in this movie? Cause I, I'm just curious. I think it's the perfect, typical eighties love story. <laughs> the perfect, um, typical eighties love story. So like on a scale of one to 10, 10 being outrageously cringy, I'm giving this like a solid seven or eight. Oh, um, yeah. Life doesn't work that way. But like, I even looked over at my wife as we were watching when he says like, I'm an idiot. Am I forgiven? That's not how it works. Like I've done that before. I've been, <laughs> yeah, right. you know, I don't want to get too spiritual here, but I'm a sinner. I've sinned often against my wife. That's the person mm-hmm. I live with. And I don't just go, I'm an idiot. We good. That's not how it works. <laughs> um, but it's perfect how it works in a eighties, uh, teen movie. It was, yes. it, it felt like it was so appropriate. And yet as I'm watching it now, in a very different stage of my life, older with a daughter who was 16. Oh, and yeah. I'm just like, that's not how, if I know my daughter, that's not how that conversation will go either. <laughs> right. Right. What do you think, Tiffany? Yeah, I think, um, by today's standards, it's, it's a 10. It, it's the cringiest as it gets <laughs> by 80s movie standards. It's mild. It's like a four and a half. <laughs> Mm. Oh yeah, that's a good point. You know what I mean? I didn't think about it compared to other '80s movies. Yeah, yeah, comparing it to its day, I don't think it's that cringy. But today, yeah, hard to get through. I think you're yeah. absolutely right. I mean, you look at some of the other much cringier love stories in the '80s. You're 100 percent right. It is kind of middle of the road for then. But gosh, we have our, yeah. our story writing has gotten much better. Mm-hmm. Well, and I don't know if you guys have actually watched Cobra Kai or not, but. Um, they kind of, you know, play on this thing that like, maybe, maybe Daniel is not quite as squeaky clean as we think he is, or we thought he was kind of a thing. Um, and maybe Johnny isn't so bad. Like they, they're kind of playing on that. But, um, in the, in the original movie, I feel like even if you haven't seen Cobra Kai, if you go back and watch it, there's it, depending on how you watch it with a certain perspective, I think you can be like, man, Daniel's kind of terrible like you know just some of the things he does like he's kind of mean and he kind of starts a lot of the stuff that goes on and you know whatever but he you know they set him up as the hero and and we love him anyway so even though he's flawed i think you're right and i think one thing that uh, that um we are much better at in movie and storytelling is creating complex characters nowadays Mm -hmm. um johnny lawrence is not complex in 1984 (laughs) he's a bad person no no, he is not he is a horrible human being there's not a single redeeming quality about him other than potentially if you put yourself in 1984 his hair other than that oh yeah there's literally nothing redeeming about him and that's just not how we make our um evil characters i don't want to keep referring back to old clear creek podcasts because you know i'm i'm just pandering now but even even thanos in the avengers 
it, I mean, this is a dude who wants to wipe out half of the universe. There's not a lot redeeming about him, but there's some things in the way that they build his character. And I don't want to give away too much, but like, yeah, there's some things that are at least there's more than what what they did with Johnny Lawrence. He was less yeah. redeeming than Thanos. That should tell you all you need to know. <laughs> the way they wrote those characters. Yes, that is that is very true. Um, I think we we touched on it a little bit more in. in um, I think it was the Star Wars podcast. We were talking about, you know, kind of the anti-hero thing. Uh, but yeah, this this is a movie that is it's the line is clear. It's it's good versus evil. It's bullies versus victims. I don't <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but you know what I mean? Like it's it's there's a very clear line between who is the good guys and who's the bad guys in this movie. And again, that's it's helpful for a movie. Um not always helpful for real life. So um, and I think that's a good segue into my next question, uh, which is um, what in this movie, a lot of movies, a lot of books uh, take uh, ideas from scripture and they incorporate them sometimes unknowingly, but most of the time they kind of know what they're doing. And so um, I think in this movie, there's a lot of stuff um, that we do see, even if it's not that the characters are complex or whatever, it's, there's a lot of stuff we do see that echoes kind of what we see in scripture. And so what, if you had to name, you know, one or two of those, what would those be? I mean, I think for me, um, Miyagi has a lot of wisdom and the way he uh, teaches patience and the way he teaches, you know, that revenge is not something that the that we solve problems with. Um, <clears throat> he's constantly going out of his way to be kind. His gift at the end, giving him the car. I mean, all oh, of yeah, these love things. That. There's just a sense of charity and care about him. Um, mm. Yeah, he's not a fan of the other guy who runs the dojo. And none of us are because he is personified as horrible and evil. Right. But there's just a kindness to him that I think we can all see a and it's not just being nice. It's a, you know, polite. It's a giving of himself to others for their benefit. He gets nothing out of Daniel being good. He gets nothing out of it. There's no value yeah. of it for him. But he is giving all of that time and energy of himself to help someone else. Mm. Yeah, I love that. That's great. And I, and I think, it you know, that plays into um, not only generosity and all that, but also kind of that idea of uh, being a mentor, discipling somebody, that sort of thing, taking somebody under your wing, all that stuff that we see um, that we see Paul write about a lot and, and a lot of different things in scripture. So super cool. Yeah, I agree. That's what I was thinking of, too, is the like the training and the mentorship. It reminds me of um, like Paul and Timothy's relationship. Uh, they're one of my favorite dynamic duos <laughs> or, yeah. or Moses and Joshua. Right. So I think, um, yeah, I, I, I definitely see that in the, the slow patient training over time and how, you know, the, the mentee has to be humble and open-minded and patient and it's good stuff. Yeah, for sure. I think another one that's, that's kind of cool is, um, just the idea of doing things ethically versus unethically and, I think you see that played out the most in kind of that tournament scene in this movie, mm -hmm. but where they're, you know, the Cobra Kai kind of knows like, Oh man, Daniel's actually pretty good. And we might have to go out of bounds a little bit to take care of him. And so they, you know, the whole sweep the leg thing is like a famous <laughs> quote, but, um, but it's, but it's, it's real because it's like, um, you know, in the Bible, they talk about, you know, doing things the right way, doing things with integrity. Um, 
And we'll just forget the part where Miyagi pulls the the black belt out of the bag so that Daniel can actually fight. But, you know, aside from that, Daniel does things the right way. He trains the right way. He fights the right way. We now know that his crane kick was legal. So he really fights the right way. Yeah. You know, we're not going to talk about how he got a black belt in like five months, but (laughs) neither here nor there. Keep going. (laughs) I mean, it's Hollywood. We only, yes, they only have so much that they can work with. But, um, but yeah, but I think it's just this whole idea of like, there's, when we see the, when we, when we see the um, John Kreese, the the Cobra Kai leader, when he tells the the other kid, "Hey, sweep the leg," you know that sort of thing. It's like there's something inside of you that's just like, no, like that's wrong, you know. And and uh, I think you know if if you if you're a Christian and you're connected into into God's Word, then you know that 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 comes from Him. That's not just a thing that we that we have just because. It's like we we know that there's there's just and there's unjust and there's ethical and there's unethical and God calls us to, to, um, to his side of that, which is the ethical side. Yeah. I think you make a great point because there are some things that you pull from scripture and that you see as, and, and we see the nice thing about this movie is that those things are lauded as good things. Um, yeah. Cobra Kai is the bad guy and they've, they're painted that way from start to finish. And the, um, I forgot his name, but the guy who runs the other dojo, Crease, yeah, John Crease, yeah, Crease. He is a bad guy through and through, from start to finish. And so there's this joy in seeing. You know, we shouldn't be joyful at other people's failure, but there's a joy in seeing that doing things the right way can defeat those that don't. And I know that's not very real life either. I mean, we all know of people who have made it very far in whatever world or career they're in, doing things the wrong way, but. It's just cool to see um, that in cinematic form, what we all already know as, as believers. Yeah. And I think there that's like in all of us, right? Like we want to see justice done. And so the way that this movie portrays who is good and who is bad, like we were talking about with those very clean lines, um, it, it makes you want justice. Right. And so it, it, for me, it reminds me of like this, the storyline of the entire Bible, right? Like we see over and over again, who we think is going to be a hero and then they, they mess up and they keep falling. And we're like, when are we going to get the actual ethical, perfect king or prophet or priest or leader, whoever it is. Right. And so, yeah, I, I agree. And I think, um, as much as we can love and celebrate those biblical characters that we, you know, we, enjoy they're all flawed except for jesus and so he's Mm -hmm. he's the one that really um you know is the fulfillment of all of those things and so there's a very again clear line of this this is the one right so Mm -hmm. yeah i agree yeah super cool i i think this movie um while it is not a um a christian movie by any stretch it definitely um it definitely does kind of hammer home some of those things and i think Um, another big one is just this whole bullying conversation, you know, um, and it's, it's still going on today. Obviously it looks probably a little bit different than it did, um, in the eighties. And (laughs) Tiffany's talking about, you know, um, improving safety measures and stuff at tournaments and, you know, well, like that. So maybe it's not like kids just straight up fighting, but we have cyber bullying. We have all this stuff that still goes on. Um, and I think this movie does it, w- one of the things it really gets right is talking about just, I guess, not talking about making it a point to show that, um, 
how damaging bullying can be. It consumes Daniel um, and really drives him to make a lot of the, the, the decisions that he makes throughout the film. Um, but it, it also just paints it in a light of like, Hey, this isn't acceptable. You know, this is not, this isn't good. And so obviously Daniel fights back. He gets, he gets the revenge, he gets the justice in the end. And that's really satisfying to see. But, um, I think one of the things, even as a, a young kid, when I watched this movie, you know, it opened my eyes to like, some of this is going on around me at school, you know, like that kind of thing. And, and I think, you know, you read the Bible and it's all about, you know, standing up for the weak and those who can't, um, defend themselves or, or not defend, but take care of themselves, those kind of things. Like, uh, giving to the poor and, and taking care of the widows and all that stuff. And so very in line with, uh, with the Bible. And so I think it's, I think that kind of stuff is just cool. And that, and that's not things that you necessarily pick up on all the time. If you're, if you're not, um, a believer, I mean, you, you, you will see, oh yeah, bullying is bad, but to make that connection and to see like, man, God cares about this too. Um, that's, that's, that's the next, the next step in it. So. Well, and it's always interesting in terms of your worldview will shape how you put yourself into the movie. And so I don't know if I'm the only one, but I always tend to identify with somebody along the way. Yes, of course. When I'm nine, obviously, I wanted the cute girl. I wanted to dominate. So I identified with Daniel, right? Well, I'm no longer nine. I now have children who are Daniel's age now. Yeah, the, the, the hero to me was the way like I remember what made me it made me sadder than I thought is when he's up against the fence and it's all five of them and they're just holding him up. And then even some of the Cobra Kai guys are like, dude, we've beaten him enough. And he's like, not until I'm done. And they just keep going and going. I yeah. felt the sense of hopelessness that uh, that's what bullying to me brings for people is a sense of hopelessness like this will never end. And I felt that just for the minute that it was going on. Mm. And to me, Miyagi's a bigger hero now than he was when I watched it, you know, and I watched it numerous times. I say when I watched it when I was nine, but I watched it probably all throughout high school when it would come on cable TV. Miyagi's the hero to me because he's the one that stepped into someone else's situation and said, I'm going to play by your rules when, and then I'm doing this not for my own glory, but purely to take care of someone who can't take care of themselves. Mm. So good. So good. So good. Yeah. To me, he was the the hero, but I'm also, let's be honest, I'm a lot closer to Miyagi's age than I am Daniel's now. So maybe that's part (laughs) of it. Yeah. But I get what you're saying too, about like you, you know, you, the, the scenes you, especially for me, I'm a visual person. So it's different when I see art that is visual. Right. And so for me, a scene that does that for me is, um, when Johnny and Allie are fighting on the beach, right? And then mm-hmm. and then Daniel's watching and he's like, he has to do something. He has to step in, but he mm-hmm. is so ill-equipped to do anything about right. it. <laughs> you know what I mean? But that yep. feeling of yeah. like just seeing someone helpless and move to compassion, you have to do something. Even if you you don't know what to do, you don't feel like you're equipped to do something, but, but you have to, you know what I mean? Mm. I think that uh, speaks to the life of a navigator. <laughs> there are so many times yeah. when there's something going on in your group and you're like, I'm not equipped to deal with this, but I'm going to jump in and I'm probably going to get messy along the way, but I'm going to jump in because there's that compassion that drives you to say, I want to help where I can. Yeah. Yeah. And I, I it's, oh man, I, I love that stuff. I love hearing that. Um, but it's, it's so interesting because, you know, you, you meet 
you hear stories, I guess, about, about uh, people who are not believers who do that occasionally, but as believers, that's, that's something that we're really called to. And it's just, it's just so different from how a lot of people live and um, just the way the world works a lot of ways. And it's just, man, so good. So I love, I love the connection to navigators. Anytime we can drop in small group, that's great. <laughs> Uh, points, I've, been, I've been around this church a long time, man. I know when I got to drop small group. In. Yeah. Yes, of course. Um, so another one I, I would actually love to hear uh, you, Tiffany, talk on a little bit because um, I've heard you talk about this before is just this idea of discipline and perseverance. And as someone who is trained, I mean, you just talked about how you trained for stuff and it's like feels like forever. And then you finally get there and you finally fight the thing. And then it's like, all right, now we got to start over. Um, just this whole idea of like, and again, this maybe is bigger than karate kid. This might be, um, 80s sports movies in general that have yeah. this, always have this training montage in the middle of them and stuff. But, um, just talk about that in, in light of, uh, what we're called to do as Christians in our faith. Yeah, sure. I mean, well, first of all, I mean, outside of martial arts, I'm just a huge sports person in general, right? So um, and, and a physically active person. And so I don't think you have to be particularly, you know, in the martial arts world to understand it. But, um, but one thing that a lot of people, especially parents, now that, um, martial arts is, is definitely geared for, uh, kids. It's more popular for kids now than adults. So it's kind of swapped since this movie came out. Um, but a lot of people come to train in the first place because discipline, they, they want either to develop discipline in themselves or they want their kids to develop discipline. And I think it's, it's beneficial for everyone of all ages, but the way that it correlates is important, almost at any area of your life, right? Like for, for me, spiritual disciplines are one of those things. And so I don't always feel like it, but you just have to start before you feel like it. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? That's what discipline is. It's not your, your feelings are not going to lead this. It's I, I need to spend my own time with the Lord before I really feel motivated to do it or have time to do it or have a quiet place to do it because it's, it's non-negotiable, right? So you have to. So it's like working out for me, right? I have a very, very busy life and I don't always want to work out, but if I do it first thing in the morning, it's done. I have contributed to my health and then you go about your day. Right. And I think it's, it's important in other areas too. Like your, your marriage, you're going to be committed and you're, you're, you're in it to win it. Right. So Mm -hmm. if, if there is no out, then, then you're going to be, um, focused on making it the best that it can be. And you're going to be disciplined in, contributing to your part of that relationship. Does that make sense? So I think there's just like this, um, this, I don't know if it's like a misconception or something, but that just because God has called you to do something, that thing is going to be easy. And I, and I just don't think that that's always true. Sometimes these things require discipline and that's, it's for your benefit, you know, like, marriage and parenting and running a business and all of these things are hard, but they're also the most sanctifying parts of my life. So the challenge is what makes me more like Jesus because I got to fight my sin. Yeah, for sure. I think you make a lot of really good points. And as you were talking, the, the, the thing that kept popping in my mind is this is just like marriage. This is just like marriage. And then you kept saying it. So it was perfect because I've been married 20 plus years now. And, um, I have loved my wife for every single day of those 20 plus years. I have not liked my wife for every day of those 26 plus years. And she has not liked me for every day of those 20 plus years. 
But Mm -hmm. there is a discipline that says, I'm still going to love my wife, even though we're in a phase where we're not clicking. I know it's a big shock to people, but sometimes marriages are kind of boring or annoying or difficult. I know. And so there are seasons for us as well that have gone that we have gone through that where we're not on the same page. And it's a struggle. And every day is a struggle. But like you said, Tiffany, there's no out. There's no out. So sometimes I wake up and go, I'm going to love my wife today, even though in my mind, which is the sinful place it is, she doesn't deserve it. But it doesn't matter. I'm going to do this because it's the right thing to do. I would love to tell you if, uh, that every morning I wake up and think, how is it that I can serve my lo- wife today? That's not always how it works. There are seasons where it is and there are seasons where there's not. But the discipline is to do it in both seasons. Yeah. And I think it plays into like the you mentioned perseverance, too. Right. It's like mm-hmm. there is such an important lesson in not quitting and I mean, so my childhood, I, I played other sports too. I was, um, I was in something all year and my, the rule in my house was that if I committed to a season, I had to finish it. So hmm. even if it was awful, even if I didn't get any minute of playing time, even if I lost the whole time, I could not quit whatever it was that I had put my word to that I was, I was going to contribute to, right? So especially team sports, it's a big deal because you're contributing to like the overall goal. So, I mean, I loved sports, so I never really like wanted to quit except for, I remember volleyball. I begged my dad to quit and he wouldn't (laughs) let me and I was so bad at it. But now I'm so thankful for that lesson because it taught me to persevere and it taught me that, okay, if, if there is no out, then you have to, to, you know, like (laughs) re, re, uh, focus your efforts and and make it the best you can be. And so I think that so important. And I think it's something that's, um, that I see missing a lot now. You know, I, I meet a lot of adults that whenever they find out I'm a martial artist, they, they say something like, Oh yeah, I'm a green belt or I'm a yellow belt or I'm a whatever. <laughs> right. And but they quit yeah. before they, they hit whatever the, the mark that they wanted was. And mm-hmm. I don't know. I just think not quitting teaches you not to quit in your marriage, not to quit when your job gets hard, not to quit on your kids whenever they go crazy. <laughs> you know what I mean, yeah, yeah, yeah. I think perseverance is a big, big deal. Yeah, for sure. And, yeah, and I think the reason that God calls us to persevere to the end, right? He doesn't say skip along all the way till you get to the end. It's not <laughs> yeah. enjoy the fantastic ride to the end. It's persevere to the end because there are going to be trials for the whole time in our <laughs> broken world. There will be trials and yet we are called to persevere and that's where the glory and the joy, the glory for God and the joy for ourselves comes from. Not always happiness, but joy as we go through that. Mm-hmm, for sure. I, yeah, I was going to say, I, I think one of the things that is, um, is both fun and uh, can be a little discouraging when you watch movies like this is that, um, you know, Daniel is dealing with all this stuff through this whole movie and he has to persevere and he does, and he makes it to the end. And finally, you know, crane kick scene, everything's great. And it's like, wow, perseverance, you know, it really did help him. Um, he made it, you know, he, he, he kind of broke through finally all that stuff. Um, the one thing that I think can be a little discouraging about it as someone like many others who have gone through those kind of valleys of life, um, is that, you get to, you, well, you, not that you get to, you have to watch somebody do this in two hours 
and they start from zero and at the end of the movie they're at a hundred and you know in two hours they've they've mastered this craft or they've all of a sudden they're super physically gifted or something like that. And we know in real life that that's just not, <laughs> that's just not how it works. And of course they're under time constraints because nobody wants to watch a movie. That's just somebody's ordinary life, you know, sort of thing. Um, but I think it's just, it, it, everything you're saying, both of you is just like, it just reminds me again that, you know, if you wake up every day and you put the work in, whether that's, uh, fitness or it's getting up and reading your Bible or it's committing to prayer or it's showing up to small group or whatever it is. Um, most days you're not going to notice a lot of huge growth happening right then and there, but that stuff builds up over time. And then down the road, you're like, Oh my gosh, I'm a different person than I was, you know? And I think obviously Tiffany, you're a great example of that, but really uh, VJ myself, anybody who, uh, attends our church, I feel like probably has a story that they can tell about this is where I was and this is where I am now. Um, and it just, it takes that, that perseverance that we're kind of called to. Yeah. I, I even have that experience spiritually, like with the Bible, right? Like you, you don't always, when you're, you're taking time to read and study and, and interact with scripture, you don't always feel like it's super impactful for your day, but later on down the road, (laughs) that's going to be really, really important what you learned. Right. So even if it's something that you discovered about the character of God, and then later you're wondering like, man, this, (laughs) this thing I'm going through is really tough. You can remember what God is like from something you, you read or experienced about him long before. And so then that became important. Right. So in taking the small steps of discipline today, you're actually investing in your spiritual health later. And I think that's like, I mean, in value, like, you know, there's, mm-hmm. it's perfect. And maybe not even just yours, but maybe other people's too, yeah. as you get to lead them through the same thing. Mm-hmm. And I think that's really shown in the movie just because of, <clears throat> I mean, you see him waxing a car at the beginning and then you get <laughs> to see, and like you said, John, it's two hours, right? It's fast. Yeah. yeah. But it happens you see the specific skill he learned washing a car lead or wax on and wax off leading to this thing. And so there are times when we read scripture and we read something and, you know, I've, I've been a Christian for almost 20 years. There are parts of the Bible I have read numerous times and there's this temptation to just be like, all right, I'm supposed to read my Bible today. I'm just going to skim this because I've already read this. I mean, how many times mm-hmm. have I read Matthew, the sermon on the Mount? I've read it a hundred times. Right. Right. And then there's, but there, there's that discipline to say, okay, I'm going to stick with it and I'm going to read through this and see how it changes me. And sometimes it does and sometimes it doesn't. But then what I know is if I live my life years down the road where I have understood what God is saying about who he is and who we are in that Sermon on the Mount, for example, all of a sudden you say, okay, that day, and you may not even be able to point to it. You may not be able to say, oh yeah, in 2014, that was the day I remember that. But <laughs> it's that small, like you said, Tiffany, it's an investment in a future you that you don't have, you don't see now, but yeah. that you, uh, you see with a, you, uh, you know, partner with God in that you pray that he is doing those things in you. So as you spend that time, he is molding you so that you are a different person down the road. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so good. So good. You, yeah. So there you go. Karate kid is about reading your Bible and marriage yep. and See? loving God. You didn't, so, you probably didn't know. I actually no. was really confused as to what, why they called it karate kid. I thought they should have yeah. called it biblical marriage kid. I, I don't understand. <laughs> Maybe you can help me out. 
Yeah, actually, if you're listening, I hope that's not what you're taking out of this. But just that it does it does remind us of that stuff, which is really cool. Um, but yes, uh, so if if there's one thing, um, just to you know, we're again, I think we could keep talking about this for a long time. But to kind of <laughs> land the plane here, um, if there's one thing you could take away from this movie, from Karate Kid, what's what's one thing you would just want to, or maybe you've already taken away. Maybe it's something you have held on to, but what's that one thing that you, you take away from karate kid that you're like, man, that is great. That is applicable to my life. So I would like to cheat in my answer a little bit because I'm going to refer to Cobra Kai for a second. So it's like a little bit of movie, but I haven't seen all of Cobra Kai. I've only seen the first season. However, what I do it's like great. about Keep it, persevering and watching it. Well, yeah. Well, that, that cringy meter, the first season is high up there. So it's tough. Yeah. Um, but one thing that I do like about it is that, like we were talking about, now we have, you know, well-written stories that show a lot of um, behind the scenes of each character and developed characters very well. And so they're giving a lot of um, background as to why each character was the way that they were, I guess, if that makes sense. Um, yes, yes, yes. You know, and, and then the way that they were taught led them to behave a certain way. And so one thing that the whole of Karate Kid, <laughs> the whole Karate Kid universe um, mm-hmm. teaches me is that everybody has a story everybody is bringing stuff into their interactions with me. And so sometimes it's not someone's best day or it's not my best day. And, but there's a, there's a backstory that got them there. And the, the way that I can respond, like grace and love are always the right answer. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? Mm. Like I, I even think of um, like Jesus when the woman was caught, caught in adultery, right? So she, he literally saved her life by refusing to stone her. But the thing that always got me about that is that her, her punishment that she was about to receive was completely self-inflicted, right? Like she was caught in the act. She was guilty. And so mm-hmm. it, it doesn't really matter what the, the backstory is. He still responded with grace and love and met her where she was. And and so mm-hmm. I think that we get to do the same thing. You know, we, we don't always understand the backstory into what made Johnny <laughs> or, or yeah. Mr. Crease, right? Uh, right. They did, or Miyagi, I guess we saw yeah. a little bit of, glimpse into him too. Um, Mm. but it's kind of irrelevant because I get to express gospel love regardless of what you're bringing to me. So, Mm. so good. BJ, what about you? She was much more spiritual than me. I was just going to say, I know now how to do a crane kick, but maybe there was something. Oh yeah. Um, (laughs) I think for me, I watch movies now with just a different perspective because I am a parent and, um, it's really weird just watching movies as a parent versus not being a parent and then watching movies with younger kids. And my kids are a little bit older. Now, the thing that I saw that was, I think so important was just the sense that Tiffany, you did a great job talking about this, just that uh, perseverance and hard work. Um, Mm. Now there was no, you know, I'm not going to over spiritualize it. There was no spiritual end in this movie. Right. Mm -hmm. But there are things that all of us have to do every day that still require perseverance and hard work in my job. There's no spiritual, you know, I'm not a pastor. I, I trade commodities for a living. And so, but there is a sense of perseverance and hard work, learning what I've learned from before. When I make mistakes, trying to understand them, learn those, give grace to those who maybe have done some things against me and then continue to grow in that. I think that's so huge is, 
and yes, most of the big game movies have that model, but I like the way that <laughs> Miyagi is such an important part of that because he shows uh, grace, kindness, and almost a complete selflessness. If you watch a lot of these other movies, the coach or whatever is great, but there's some other, there's a lot of other baggage and other shady things that are going on. Maybe Mm -hmm. in Miyagi's, you know that he has has had this hard life where he lost his wife and he lost his child. But other than that, you just see, it seems that all he cares about is the best for Daniel. And I I love his character more and more because of his selflessness. Yeah, that's great. So good. I'm learning that lesson right now. Um, watching, watching movies with kids through that parent's lens. I have a one-year-old little girl and I'm already learning it. So it's going to be an exciting few years. Um, yes, it is. (laughs) Yeah. Let me give you a non-spiritual answer. I'm going to make my kids paint the fence. Yes. Oh, I like that. I like that. My kids are going to be uh, sweeping, are, are actually going to be uh, waxing the floors this week. So, yeah, perfect. Yeah. Teaching them nothing about karate, but we just need the, the fence painted. Yeah, I'm right. not even going to relate it at all. I'm, yeah. I just want the fence painted. <laughs> well, guys, thank you so, so much for taking a few minutes out of your, uh, out of your day to join us here to talk about this great movie and uh, just how. Um, how, how great it is and how we can apply it to our lives. So um, if you haven't yet, if you're listening and you haven't uh, subscribed to Clear Creek Resources podcast, you can do that wherever you listen. So uh, you don't miss any of our weekly episodes. So go ahead and subscribe. And uh, while you're doing that, make sure you visit clearcreekresources.org where you can also check out other content we put out like articles, videos, stories, and sermons. Thank you so much for listening. We'll see you next time.